heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. So just about everybody agrees that what's happened in Afghanistan, both when I say everybody, I'm talking both sides of the aisle. Again, if you notice when something like this magnitude happens, you don't hear a lot of voices from the other side of the aisle. When that happens, you know that this was a, a, a major screw up because if it was if, if it was even close, you would hear all, there would be a lot of defending the administration and the work they did and how spectacular it was. The only one that has actually done that on planet Earth is Joe Biden himself. That's it. I haven't heard another syllable from anybody who said that was the most spectacular event we had. I, I haven't heard that from anybody. Not a soul. Nobody. Quiet, definitely. Quiet. And, and again, I measure things a great deal by the silence. You know, silence is, is, is a bit definite. It also tells you a hell of a story more than just mouse running. But again, if that was even close, all right, you, you're with me. And, you know, this administration, this president, the secretary of state, uh, the, the military leaders, the generals, they had even come close to pulling something off that was respectful. I mean, not that it had to be an all out perfect scenario, but just even respectful, there would be a lot of defense in the administration on the other side of the aisle, but there's none. There is no defense. So what happens when there's no defense, when there's nothing back to say, what happens is silence. They, if, you know, that's, and many of us were raised that way, actually, you could have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all, right? <laughs> but it's silence. That's the response we have right now. And so with that said, the media, of course, they turn the page quickly. And it really is, it should be a neon sign to every American, because if this was a, uh, you know, an opposing administration, uh, I've used the word hostile, but one that the media did not agree with, this story would be stretched out, it would be beat, it would be drummed into our heads incessantly, Every day from morning to night, every network, every media outlet would have this thing. You know, it would be the biggest soundbite and the world would take it from that collective mess. And we would all know that, you see, that's what would happen. But none of that is happening. And it really is remarkable. The media moves off of this story quickly and they move on to another. In fact, I think I even spoke to you just when this was happening, they were waiting for the next big story. In fact, I even said to you, they would probably create the next big story, the administration, because that's how you do it. You go on to the next firestorm, you see, and hoping that the media will follow you with that because the media can only do one story at a time. You see, they're not really, they don't really have the highest IQ on the planet. They can only do one story at a time and they beat that into your head uh, until we're all sick of it. And that's typically what it is with this whole, uh, you know, this whole spectacle that has taken place right now. So, all right. So now that, you know, this Afghanistan thing has happened and and the problem I'm going to tell you is, and and this is a problem and, and, uh, you know, we can't let this go ever. 
the right, the Republicans, they're not, they, they go through this stuff. They always give in. They always move on. They always, you know, they take one for the team. <laughs> and they, they do. They do. They always move on quickly and they don't stay at it. But the left, they never do. They play it and they beat it and they just never let it go. There's something to be said about all that, people, because all of that builds. It builds a narrative out there. And it's a narrative that just continues to percolate in our minds. And, you know, the old thing is a lot of times the stuff people are hearing, you know, the average American, not most of it's not true. But if it's sad enough, it becomes true in their mind. You see what I mean? So a lot of these things that have happened, this has been going on for years now, actually. It, it just it kind of becomes true in their mind because they hear it so often. And no matter where they turn the channel, whether it's CBS and NBC, ABC, CNMS, it's the same garbage. So then, well, it's got to be true, true, George. Come on. Uh, you know, uh, we've been hearing that same thing everywhere. I mean, it can't be that bad, right? That's what happens, people, and they get away with it. So now we have to ask ourselves with Afghanistan, what are the long-term impacts of leaving Afghanistan? And I've been wondering that. I mean, this is all fresh. This is a fresh wound right now. It's still bleeding, clearly. But what are the long-term impacts of leaving Afghanistan in the way that we did, you see, in the middle of the night? And how does China benefit from this U.S. withdrawal? And we, we talked and we've written and we talked about the rare earths. We've talked about that, that, you know, they're building our energy plan, uh, you know, back here at home, that we're going to need that to do if, if we even had a shot. And we're not going to have a shot based on their plan of wind and solar. Uh, it's not going to happen, people. Um, but anyways, those rare earths, China has the majority of those. Uh, and guess what? Afghanistan is next. And guess who's making that deal? Afghanistan is our leaders roll over and play dumb. Uh, you know, China has... Uh, has their hand on the wheel there. You see, that's a problem. And that's going to be future energy concerns. You know, we've, we've been hostage to the Middle East uh, with, with, you know, energy independence and oil. And that's, I mean, let's face it, that's, that's been going on forever, right? And, and finally, we, we got energy independent and got some of that gone. But now we'll be, you know, we'll be dependent if this whole thing takes off and they're successful with any part of that green deal, we'll be very dependent on China. And, uh, and that's the worst case scenario. That's I, I don't know how you measure that compared to the Middle East, but it certainly isn't any better, you know, to have your adversaries and your enemies controlling your uh, your economy and your energy field. That's a horrible situation, you see. And that's where we're at. Uh, so there's a lot of reports about trying to get into Bagram Air Base as well. Some of those reports, uh, and uh, I want to talk about that today, whether they're false or what truth there is to it. I've got both sides of that conversation I actually give to you. Uh, we'll touch on that. Um, but China, you know, it's very clever how they play these things. And, uh, and, and with Afghanistan, remember, the Taliban are going to need money as well. They're going to need money to feed all those people. They're going to need money to, you know, they, they don't have any experience of running a country, but they're certainly going to need money. And they're going to need some operations. They've already got, uh, you know, they don't have to invest in military equipment. They sure damn well have enough of that. They have United States military equipment. In fact, they'll be selling that to North Korea, Iran, and making all kinds of money. That You know what the black market on that will be? Huh. It'll be huge. They'll be able to get all kinds of money in there now. And based on that, just the sum of that is, is impactful. So, you know, we, we, we hear the words, this is the biggest military blunder in, in our history. Well, let's talk about it now and see what kind of a blunder this really is. Um, 
Joining me on the program now is Iowa State uh, Senator Zach Nunn is here. Now, let me tell you about Zach. He uh, was a lieutenant colonel with the United States Air Force, uh, served three combat tours overseas with 700 air combat hours. Um, he was right out of the gate, very instrumental in helping to fund and coordinate uh, uh, you know, you've been hearing some of the private missions and what have you to evacuate some of the people com coming out of Afghanistan. And um, he jumped right in as as many of our. In fact, I, I even had other folks on the program. If you remember a couple weeks back here, uh, other uh, CIA uh, special operations folks as well uh, that were doing exactly this, trying to leverage their um relationships of getting people out of there. Um, it is an absolute pleasure, uh, Senator Zach Nunn, to have you on The Voice of the Nation. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for uh, having us on here this morning. We really appreciate it. And um, you've got just a great message that you're delivering here on the catastrophe that it is Afghanistan does not have to be the legacy of America. And so I'm proud to be joining with just hundreds of others of volunteers on the intelligence side, the special operations force side, the veteran side, working right now to get Americans and Afghan allies out of country. Uh, to date, our team, Task Force Argo, has saved 1,800 individuals, and we are continuing to push forward on that front to evacuate them before they are identified and persecuted or executed by the Taliban. Zach, you're saying um, uh, I did not know that number. About 1,800 have been uh, ha have gotten out of there safely already through these operations. Yeah, that's right, Malcolm. So we've gotten uh, four aircraft off the ground. We have two more aircraft that we have chartered to evacuate people, and this is all coming from private donations, private volunteers. Um, we are sharing our information with state departments so that they are aware for the vetting process. But we do a security check on our end. And then when we get them into a third party country, we validate that security check. We make sure that the health and safety of the individuals on the aircraft are quarantined. And then after 21 days, we look to move them into a, um, a status where they can travel back to their families if they are American citizens. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a challenging situation when you have a private group getting Americans out of a country. Uh, and it is harder for them to get into the United States than it is for, in this case, several hundreds of thousands of illegals to come across the southern border on a monthly basis who have an easier time than Americans getting back home. And that's frustrating for all of us. Yeah, it, it is. Let me ask you straight out, Zach, what and tell us, please, what the answer to this is. Is the federal government, the State Department, right? Are they assisting at any level, to your knowledge now, with getting Americans and other partners out of Afghanistan? So I will say I have been very proactive with friends on both sides of the aisle here to include State Department in our process. Initially, they were very hesitant to this. In fact, in some cases, they were actively obstructing our ability to get land clearance. Uh, for these aircraft coming out of Afghanistan for a number of reasons. Most of all, what we heard was that they felt that the private rescues were an embarrassment. And one of the things we said is, well, what's more embarrassing, the fact that you left Americans behind or the fact that we're getting Americans out? And over the course of three weeks now, we have worked and we are finding um, some allies, uh, albeit uh, in pockets, within the US government who are saying, this is the right thing to do. In fact, we've got a member on our team who left her job uh, working for the US government to say, I'm gonna do this full time because my 
agency is not helping me. And I have people here who had my back for 20 years in Afghanistan. I'm not going to abandon them. So the U.S. government in pockets has moved forward and is helping us. But again, this should not be a private rescue. There should be a dedicated plan, a cell or a task force working directly on the overall evacuation. That has yet to materialize. And for that reason, we still remain very frustrated. Yeah. You know, what you just say right there, Zach, the outcry on that point alone would be tremendous. Uh, You know, as I was saying up front there with the media, uh, if it wasn't, if they weren't lock in step with the Biden administration. I mean, the point is the federal government created this problem. This was all on them. This, This wasn't a two way street. It was all them, the way they handled it, the way they withdrew every decision that was made. They were warned against it. The the military leaders already spoke up to Congress. We already know the score on this. Media has been silent. They go along with the whole charade. And now, uh, you know, like you say, they don't even have a task plan, a a task force or plan or anything else in place. This is, you know, what we're talking about right now, Zach, this part of the story is so significant. I mean, I've, I've never in my lifetime seen the United States government. I, I, I just haven't seen it where they threw their arms up, created the problem, then threw their arms up in the hands, you know, hands in, in arms up in the uh, up in the air and, and said, you know, whatever. I, I've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. I, I, I can't get my arms around this. What 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 is this all yeah. about? Malcolm, you're absolutely right. And so from uh, my military background, we're looking at this in two ways. First is the tactical operation. I have a near target. That target is getting our allies, our American citizens out to a safe place so they can be properly vetted, adjudicated, and brought to the United States if they their application is received. That is the right thing to do. That is bipartisan. There are a lot of good people working on that. I would like the U.S. government to come on board with that. But the second aspect is strategically. Hey, what does this mean for you, the United States? And importantly, who is holding the U.S. government, our elected representatives, accountable at this level? And right now, I think an area of concern is that no one is doing more than holding a hearing and then, as you noted, moving on to the next topic of the day. There has got to be accountability here if we're going to have a thorough review. On the Air Force side, one of the things we always do is an after-action report a debrief, if you will, or a hot wash to talk about what went right, what went wrong, how do we get better next time so that we don't have the same historic error over and over. And I don't see that hot wash happening. And that's a detriment, not just to the United States, but to our long-term national security. If we don't evaluate and deep dive and hold accountable what went wrong so that it does not happen in the future. Yeah, I, I, it, it really does rattle the mind here, what we're talking about. Uh, these are historical first. I mean, the, the, the first historical point was, you know, leave no man behind. I mean, I remember as a young lad, Zach, you know, we'd go to the nth degree of the earth just to just to reunite one or two. And every human life is entirely valuable. I mean, it's, Malcolm, it's, you're, yeah. I, I'll highlight here for Bo Bergdahl. Yeah, a man who left his post and deserted in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. we went to the ends of the earth to find that individual, that one soldier, bring him home safely. And in return for that, we released five Taliban members yeah. Yeah. from um, 
Guantanamo Bay. And now several of those members are serving in the new Taliban government. That was the extent that we went in the past. Now we still have literally dozens and dozens and dozens of Americans left in Afghanistan with no plan for evacuation other than these private rescue missions. Yeah. And, and yet we don't hear any, there's no reverberation from the point that Zach is making right here uh, through the media. And it, it just, I, you can't, it's, you cannot make this stuff up. And the only conclusion, Zach, you have to come back with is there, ha- it, you know, there is no other thing. There has to be a plan. There has to be a reason. There has to be some to- some sort of a, a ulterior motive here. There has to be. There has to be some other reason why uh, you know our we're not being uh, aggressive with any of these things. We're doing nothing. There has to be a reason. Uh, I know our media is going along with it, and it- political people are going along with it. But there there's got to be a reason, Zach. What's the reason? So here's what I'll say, Malcolm, and you're absolutely right, is that not only is this an embarrassment to the administration and where they want to move on, but this is an area where they know they have no strong footing to go forward. They have abdicated national security responsibilities. They've invited national security threats from competitors. And now they're at a point where they are hoping that people will just accept the narrative that they've been successful. So here's here's what I would ask you, Malcolm. Here's what I ask your listeners is that Let's start holding these individuals accountable and getting some real transparency as to what took place. And, and I'll just share very quickly, you know, we're running for, for congressional office. My website is zachnunn.com. Take a look at it. Have that conversation with us. But let's hold individuals accountable who at this point are getting a free pass and endangering not just the America of today, but the national security for our future. Yeah. And the only way to continue to hold them accountable to your point, Zach, is really an election. That's exactly it. There is no other means we have but for we the people to respond at an election. Now, with that said, I believe it's our responsibility, certainly my responsibility here and others' responsibilities to keep that flame burning and to keep these conversations flowing, even though the network news media and the buffoons uh, throughout that industry uh, have let the story go and they play to partisan politics uh, at the detriment of our nation. uh, It is beyond sickening. And so the only thing we can do is keep these stories going and beat the drum uh, and remind them that every chance we can, as I'm doing today. Now, let me ask you this, Zach. We talked about it. You talked a moment ago about an embarrassment. I want to talk about the Taliban a moment here. You know, I started thinking in my mind as you were talking about, you know, the the embarrassment. Maybe that's why they're doing this. Maybe doing that. Maybe the ultimate embarrassment is when they kill Americans and hang them from light poles down there. Maybe that would be the embarrassment. The the, the feds should wake up and put that task force and plan together to save lives here. Lives that should have never been in this position to begin with. Lives that they put in this horrible predicament and made this decision overnight to pull the hell out of. Here's what I really want to know is within these, I mean, obviously the danger in all of this and the way the Taliban operate, everybody has to understand these are the worst creatures crawling the the, uh, planet here on Earth. These are the worst sort of vile creatures available to the human race that we're speaking about right now. There is no value in life. These people live to kill. If that gives you a sense out there, that's just the way it is. What I'm wondering is with the Taliban, Zach, 
Um, with these missions, these very dangerous missions of getting people out of there, you know, my you raised my eyebrows when you said, well, we got about 1,800 out of this, these groups. And very said, wow, I mean, I didn't realize it was even that kind of a number here. I, I wouldn't have guessed anywhere near that. I didn't I guess, uh, you know, maybe, maybe double digits, but uh, nowhere near that. So what what is it that, uh, how is that? I, I'm very curious with the Taliban. I mean, I wanted to talk to you about the dangers of it. Uh, are we getting, are, are they going along with it when they're, you know, we're ready to take off with the plane and we have people in there? Is this being done through some other means where they're not, I mean, do they not have means of that on radar? Do they not know we're leaving there? Do they, uh, or are they strategically helping or what, what's going on there on the ground? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, Malcolm, great points. And so it depends. We are using the fog of war to our advantage here. And there is no greater conflict zone in the world right now than being on the streets of Kabul or Maza Sharif or Helmand to see what's happening. Uh, in H, at H. Kaya, the airport in Afghanistan, which was the main exit point out of Kabul, you saw in those closing hours of the U.S. government's presence there as the flag was brought down over the embassy, the outright chaos that ensued. And not just amongst Taliban ranks, but amongst other Haqqani networks, the extremist element within the Taliban, ISIS-K, a complete new fraction, Al-Qaeda re-emerging um, just here in the last several weeks to reassert itself and try and embarrass the Taliban and assert themselves as the true Islamic caliphate. We had a member of the Ibrahim family who reached out to us and worked for years for the United States uh, at the embassy building things. Their family uh, his brother was killed at the Abbey Gate when the explosion went off by ISIS-K. Uh, he was rounded up by the Taliban, um, and they said, what do you do for the United States? And he said, I'm an engineer. And they said, what is an engineer? And he said, I built things for our country so that we could have electricity and broadband. And they immediately, a man took out a machete and attempted to cut off his hand. Uh, he cut off three of his fingers, and he said, you will never build anything for our country you are a traitor. Mm -hmm. And then when Ibrahim went to protect his family, they, they shot him through the knee and said, you don't deserve to be able to protect your family. Ibrahim is one of our first individuals we got out. Uh, so he took his family, uh, two little kids, his wife who were at the gate with a uh, brother who had just perished and said, how can you help evacuate me? And we were able to get him. And more importantly, I also had two young women who started at Kabul University on a Monday of that week and they were sisters and their husband was out of country when they went to university the day after the U.S. left they came home and they were beaten in the street by the Taliban with a whip they were told they were never to leave their apartment again without a escort that they had to wear a full hijab and that they were no longer allowed to finish their studies. And these poor women, so scared, stayed in their apartment for days without getting food, without going out to the market, were basically prisoners in their own um, facility because their husband was gone. Ibrahim, the man who had just lost three fingers, had been shot in the leg, was evacuating with his family. I said, Ibrahim, would you pick these girls up and be their male escort? on an eight-hour drive out of the city through multiple Taliban checkpoints at great risk to yourself. Otherwise, these women will die. And Ibrahim and his family took them in as their own daughters, crammed into a very small car, and drove this heroic trip, and we were able to get them out. The threat is very much real. The Taliban is not there to say, we don't want these people leaving. It's very simple. 
they don't want these people. And so whether they fly out or they execute them in the street, the Taliban's plan is very clear. Anyone who is a challenge to their regime either needs to leave or they will be executed. And we have seen multiple members of our Afghan Special Operations Force. Again, these are the guys who were guarding the gate at Hkaya, who escorted the U.S. officials out of the embassy to the airport for their evacuation, were promised that they would be taken with the U.S. for their years of service, and they watched the last C-17 fly out of Kabul uh, Air Base and were left at the gate as the country descended into chaos. And many of them were rounded up and immediately executed. Several of them have been able to find ways out over land, but many of them also remain in hiding. And for them, we continue this fight to be able to get our allies out. Amen. Amen. And correct me on this, Zach, but is, aren't there a lot of stories with a lot of these people that are going through the heroin trips that you just described here? I understand that a lot of these people prior to this had made their way uh, as the U.S. was still there to Kabul airport, but were denied entrance into the airport by U.S. forces that weren't able to leave. Is that correct? You're absolutely correct. And it is a travesty that we would put a 18, 19, 20 year old Marine on the front gate and tell them, hey, you're now responsible for evacuating U.S. personnel. You are now responsible for deciding who gets to stay, who gets to leave, because the U.S. government had not come up with a clear plan for evacuation. We put young men and the, the women on the other side of the wall in an impossible situation. And when the bomb went off at Hkaya, we lost a member here in my home state of Iowa who was doing nothing more than trying to save the lives and decide a U.S. policy that had been abdicated from Washington and hoisted upon our Marines and our Navy corpsmen to try and help people in an impossible situation with literally tens of thousands of people promised evacuation. And very few of those ever even making it inside the gate. Mm, yeah, that, that's exactly. Thanks for confirming that. Uh, let me remind uh, listeners now, we're speaking to Iowa State Senator Zach Nunn. Uh, he's a lieutenant colonel of the U.S. Air Force and uh, uh, a decorated uh, military man and uh, servant again, uh, the American people in, in office. You know, Zach was on uh, with us for a very brief uh, segment, uh, but a very powerful one. I got some great feedback in on it, by the way, on uh, Viewpoint this Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I had, um, uh, we talked about a little bit of this story and we said we'd, we'd get more into it today. Uh, but, you know, I mentioned on the weekend, there are a lot of, I, I really am so pleased to, to say to you, and we're seeing a lot of our military um, heroes that have come back that are now running for office. You know, it, it's ironic, people. It's, it's ironic. You know, I think in a case like Zach and I, I, and we'll talk to him a bit after more about this, but I think a lot of military folks, you know, they, they get to, when they get into the military to serve our nation, it, it's for all the right reasons. You know what I mean? It's for all the right reasons. And, and sure, they put themselves at great risk. And, and we know that. And that's what America is built and based on uh, from the heroic sacrifice of so many that were before us for us to sit here today and have this conversation to be the nation we are people. Um, and, and we're struggling through a lot of these uh, big problems today. 
uh, that, uh, you know, um, you, you wonder sometimes and question the, the journey, but the journey is always worth it. And, and I just want to say to you all out there, when you see a lot of our military leaders come back and they're running for office, you see, there's, there's a beautiful thing about that. They see that there is an opportunity to serve again. They also see that the, that the country is in danger and they want to right the wrongs, just like they do overseas. You see what I'm saying? So it, it, to me, it's a natural fit. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we're seeing more and more of that. Because I'll tell you what, I have a lot more confidence in, in real Americans like this than I do in the career political uh, politician of the buffoons who behest Washington and hold us hostage for the rest of their lives. I'd much rather see our military folks get in there uh, because they're a different breed. They're, they're just, if you really want to change things, that's what we need more of guys like Zach Nunn here. And, and there are, there are many now that are running in, that are getting in these circles and doing it. So, so let me tell you his website again, and I'll give it to you a little bit later as well, but it's ZachNunn.com. Uh, Zach's Z-A-C-H, Nunn-N-U-N-N.com. Uh, check out, you know, the principal points of what he's running on, uh, what's happening there. But, you know, I'll tell you right now as we, as we talk today here, we're going to see the midterm election in 2022 uh, take hold here. The, the race is on now. The race is on. And at risk is the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate. You bet. That's what's at stake here. Okay, beside all the local stuff. But that's important. And, you know, there's got to be a price to pay for the things that are happening now. Now, you know, there is a very good chance uh, I would believe, uh, again, I hear a lot, you know, we had City Powell on the weekend talking about election fraud and all that business. I mean, I get that, people. I'm not losing sight of what's the, what's there and what the possibilities of, you know, um, people using all kinds of means to steal votes and what have you. I'm not, I'm not that's not the point here. But there's a very good chance that uh, the House and the Senate could definitely come back to patriots, to conservatives and to uh, uh, to people who, well, I, as I always describe to you, people who stand for the flag. You know, it's, it's a very it's a very beautiful American uh, tradition we have here. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I got to share with you the other day uh, I was uh, seeing the national anthem played and um, and, you know, someone was singing it and. I, I just get goosebumps all through me. I can't, I, um, you know, call it what you want, but you get weak in the knees and you're, the, the pride is overwhelming for our nation. And, you know, there are those of us, we just, we, we just bleed red, white, and blue. And, um, and there's something about that. And it's just a proudful moment where it just, it just goes through every piece of your body, every DNA. And you just feel, oh man, we're blessed here to live on this, Amazing, amazing nation uh, full of amazing uh, people here. Now, uh, that was great. And talking to Zach, and he's going to stay with us. We're going to have Alana Friedman join us in a moment here. I'll do a little bit more talk. I want, definitely want to talk about China a little bit. And I want to come back and talk about a little bit more of the race that uh, Zach is going to be uh, in here. A pretty big battle coming up for him here. And this is a pretty good leap. He's a very successful state senator now in Iowa. As you see, his his career, his resume is, is, is uh, tremendous. And now uh, he could be a United States uh, 
you know, congressman. And that would be uh, another big, uh, big deal, big lift. I, I would venture to guess his chances of getting in there right now are pretty good. He could be part of that new uh, new Congress taking over in 2022. Man, I got to tell you what, I'm looking forward. I, I hope I hope I'm not speaking too soon here. But if that happens the way I think it could happen, that's going to be a double champagne cork night blowout, kids. So let me tell you here, get the popcorn machine out, bring that up and just let's have some fun here as we take America back here. Well, listen, you're listening to the voice of a nation here. We thank you always for being with us on the mission here. It's Malcolm Out Loud. And I uh, want to remind you again, uh, you hear me daily. You hear a lot of people on our network actually talk about healthy cell. It is the best, the best. I've been taking this for well over three and a half years. Uh, it's all about your immune system. If you have a healthy immune system, then you can fight viruses, diseases. You, you, you stay on the healthier side. In fact, we got to get Zach on this as well. He, he, we need to make sure he knows about it, gets, get his family on it. But it is terrific. It's not the old vitamins back from the 1930s. Uh, where the pill form. This is gel. Gel you can take right out of the little package, easy to travel with. Well, I put it in water. You can put it in yogurt. Uh, you put it on ice cream if you want. Probably put it on popcorn if you like. It's got a nice black cherry flavor. Anyways, uh, your daily regimen is there. They have immune super boost, which has got the echinacea, the zinc, the A, the D, all. It's it's just all packed in there. Really, really nice stuff. Uh, they have REM sleep, help you sleep at night. Uh, all natural stuff is really good. Focus helps our brain power. Now, you know, I need some of that, for God's sakes, doing everything I do here. I definitely need the brain power and the focus. But anyways, all our listeners get 20% off your first order, 20% off. You got to use the code out loud. So just go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud or click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. And while you're there at America Out Loud, be sure to share the stories and the podcast and let people know that, you know what, America, we're not going anywhere. We're here. We're taking it back. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. AmericaOutloud.com is the alternative from the agenda-driven globalist. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. On-demand podcast or real-time talk radio with our streaming apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
liberty, and justice for all. Joining you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It is yours truly here, Malcolm Out Loud, and it's a pleasure to be with you and always thank you, first and foremost, for being with us on this mission here. But thank you for telling people about the program here. And also, I'll go one step further. Thank you for bringing a moderate, independent, or left of center person to the program so we can take it back. That's what we need. Invite some of those people, and you've got them. They're friends and family members and people that are just, which is cool. That's what America is. It's all right, man. Just left of center, independence, moderates, they're all welcome here on America Out Loud Talk Radio and welcome here on The Voice of a Nation. The Marxists, they're probably not going to like our speak, you understand? But that's okay. That's all right. We're going to kick their asses at the end of the day anyways. It's okay, people. So, Let's get on here. We're speaking of Iowa State uh, Senator Zach Nunn is here, Lieutenant Colonel of the U.S. Air Force, um, served a three combat tour o- tours overseas, uh, 700 air combat hours, uh, helping, very instrumental in helping, trying to get, uh, uh, again, uh, our stranded, our lost, our forgotten, our forgotten Americans and partners out there. And you hear the stories he was just telling you before the pause. And, I, and you know, and, you know, the gentleman he was talking about, he's one of the lucky ones. He, he Think about this a moment, people. Th- think about this. He's one of the lucky ones. He gets shot in the knee, gets, you know, uh, uh, obliterated and abused and cut his fingers off. I mean, and, you know, he's one of the lucky ones because typically, you know, they shoot you in the head. I mean, and you're dead. I mean, and so that's the kind of abuse we're talking about. And then they hang you from the light poles. I mean, th- these are barbarians. These are these are seventh century uh, barbarians. Uh, and uh, that's what this is. That's what this is all about, people. It's a sick culture. That whole ideology is sicker than sick. Uh, there's no appreciation for life. They live to die. Uh, not the rest of us, man. We want to live because it's a beautiful life and we're blessed to be here, right? So, Iowa State Senator Zach Nunn, welcome back here to the Voice of a Nation, brother. Malcolm, thanks so much for having me on here. I appreciate not only what you are doing to set the tenor of this, but really just highlighting um, where America is and more importantly, aspirationally, where we could be going. And you have highlighted so much that this is really dependent on us as Americans. We get to define our own legacy here. We do not have to be tethered to a Biden administration, which not only turns its back on our allies, but makes it much difficult, more difficult for those of us who want to see a better America emerge. Um, So thank you for this conversation and privilege to be part of it. Thank you, uh, Senator Zach. And I got to tell you right now, my brother, uh, I'm glad we're meeting you now because when you get big and famous in D.C., you won't forget about us, right? No, hardly. Well, I mean, this (laughs) this is the thing. Uh, you know, representative <laughs> service, much like military service or community service, yeah. is meant to be uh, people who want to work hard at it, but it shouldn't go to their head. It should not be a lifelong um, ambition. It should be a how do I get in there and do something meaningful for people, my kids, our family, our community, our state, and then let other people with great ideas get in there too. You, you mentioned before, this has got to be people who want to get in there and do something, not just give speeches. And that's why. You know, once this kicked off in Afghanistan, we put our congressional campaign on hold uh, and we jumped full into saying, like, how do we help people now? To me, that is much more rewarding than any type of a fundraising dinner or going out and uh, getting my picture in the newspaper. 
Amen. Yeah, it all goes around and comes around, brother, for sure here. I uh, want to talk about right next here, um, specifically uh, China's involvement in some of this here. Uh, let me let me um, bring on with us as well uh, uh, one of our uh, analysts and friends of the program here, Ilana Friedman. Uh, she is joining us here. Ilana is a veteran intelligence analyst. Uh, she's an advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions. Uh, Ilana is a writer, author, commentator, brilliant mind, uh, and uh, spent a lot of years in Israel, raised her family there, actually, 16 years, got a lot of books. You catch them in the America Out Loud bookstore, any bookstore for that matter. Uh, her recent article uh, was uh, right to the point, as, as it typically is with Alana. It's called Biden's Last Words. Uh, how about we wish they were his last words? How about Biden's lost words? Now, that was that was Ilana. That's what do they call that? A slip of the tongue that it might it sometimes could be true, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, right. we're Biden's last, a lot of Americans. Well, I, know, I know that doesn't sound nice to some people, but a lot of people would celebrate that. Anyways, Biden's lost words leave no man behind. Listen. I just speak the truth. If it comes to my mind, I blurt it out, Ilana. That's that's what I do here. That's so. All right. Let's talk about this uh, China component a moment here. And here's what I want to ask you. All right. I've seen competing stories, Ilana. And I don't know what you or also Senator Nunn knows about this, but I, I'm going to put it out here and, and let's see. Here's what I've got here. I started seeing reports in a couple of publications uh, and this one here, the Daily Mail, which always they get a little slippery sometimes with their stories. So I don't know what the truth is. Military planes are spotted landing at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan after it was claimed China is considering sending soldiers to ex-U.S. Air Base to strengthen ties with Taliban. Now, I've been hearing a lot of stories about the Taliban. Now, there was another story I seen counteract to that that said, well, we think these media reports overstepped it and that maybe China isn't doing that. They started showing photographs of Bagram Air Base, uh, su suggesting that there was uh, Chinese planes on the ground there. And then others said, no, there's nothing going on. Oh, the lights were on. That's it. There was reference to the lights being on again at the air base. Then others said, no, there's nothing. Ilana, what do we know about this from uh, any research on this at all? Anything we've heard about whether the Chinese are in there or not right now? And on October 3rd, a funny thing happened. Lights went on at what was formerly the Bagram Air Force Base. This is a base that's the size of a small city. This is not, you know, a little dinky airport, Air Force Base in the middle of nowhere. This base once housed 100,000 American servicemen. So you, you have an idea, idea that this is a huge place. And it has been dark since we ran away from it in the middle of the night in July. The Taliban immediately ran in and took over and stole all the equipment and all the something, it, billions of dollars of equipment that uh, we left behind for them. You know, I've said before that this made us a um, terror supporting state for the first time in our history. The Taliban immediately denied, by the way, the reports that you're talking about that there is a military presence at Bagram now. But my intelligence sources are telling me, in fact, have told me from the beginning that um, the Chinese not only had eyes on Bagram Air Force Base, but they were planning to move in. And it was just uh, a, a days ago that the lights went on in Bagram and 
local people have reported seeing Chinese planes, military planes, um, landing and leaving the base. They, the Taliban have said, not, not true, not true. They rejected everything. They, they have um, pretty much dismissed these reports. Well, they don't want us to believe that the Chinese are there. But what's happening is China is claiming a place in Afghanistan that is going to give them access to the entire region. That's air access. And uh, as an aside, China is also building 10 Air Force bases on the Indian-China border. So, and, and they have begun construction of these bases. And these bases will support fighter planes, jet fighter planes, and ground support aircraft. And that's what, and so you, you see that China is actually moving into the region along its border. Every place where it has a border with another country, it is starting to make claims to that territory. So not only is, is China taking over the Bagram Air Force Base, but they have also started construction uh, on their mining activities, um, which you mentioned before, uh, in the in the areas where the the uh, in Afghanistan where there are um, huge deposits of rare earth minerals and metals. Yeah, and those deals have, have been made already. I understand uh, the rare earth deals uh, with China, and uh, that's going to be a real problem. That's going to come back to bite us in years ahead. One of the things about uh, you know folks about uh, China is compared to the U.S is they, they think ahead. They think ahead, China does. Just like the position of whatever they're going to do with the Taliban and that part of Asia. Now, when Ilana talks about the Bagram Air Base, let's keep in mind, people, this is the largest air base in this part of Asia. Uh, and now, like as she was describing, with what we housed and what we did there, and we left really in the middle of the night, it, it, was, it, it is surreal what took place there. Uh, Senator Zach Nunn, um, back to uh, China and what I asked, Ilana there a moment ago. Have you heard anything at all, anything whatsoever, uh, Senator, in regards to whether the Chinese are there in Bagram now or not, or is it still too early to really know this? Yeah, Malcolm, great point, and certainly it is on everyone's radar. So let me talk to what I know. Okay. I know that the Chinese have a strategic plan to expand their air coverage and space coverage throughout the region. They did this initially with the South China Sea Island buildup. They did it this spring, right under the US nose. They bought an airstrip in Karabati, which is a Pacific island within striking distance to Hawaii. They basically paid off the government there, absolved their debt, and then bought an airfield that can now strike Hawaii directly. The idea here for the Chinese to be able to expand their footprint into Afghanistan, not only makes sense from a military perspective, but from a strategic resources perspective. And the key aspect here being, you look at where China is today, its ability to get not just rare earth material, its massive growing economy, but it has a thin pipeline of oil flowing from the Middle East. And that has to go on a long and treacherous sea route around the horn of one of its nearest adversaries, India. At any point, India could strangle China's oil supply and make it very difficult for them. For years, I worked with my Chinese counterparts. And at the time when I was a young lieutenant, 
they said to me, you know, the only reason the U.S. is in Afghanistan is because they want to strangle China's overland pipeline to Iran. And at the time, I thought it was laughable that someone could actually think that myopically or that short-sightedly about what the U.S. was doing in Afghanistan to fight terrorism and to push back against al-Qaeda. But from a perspective that comes from Beijing, it looked like the U.S. was intentionally trying to isolate China. So the Chinese mentality is very much the idea of how do we get into Central Asia, provide air cover, provide a military dominance in a region where they can make a direct connect to Russia, to Iran, and be able to provide themselves an overland oil opportunity that here to now they've had no success in doing. It supports their position against the Pakistanis. And it's a bulk war against the U.S. ever getting back into the region. Well, that's it, Zach. It looks like they just got their Christmas wish early, didn't they? Provided by the United States, no less. Yeah, yeah, pretty sick. Um, now, I've heard uh, various experts talk about the fact that we should have absolutely kept, regardless, of, you know, there's a lot of conversation about whether leaving Afghanistan was the right thing to do or not to do. Uh, a lot of the military leaders said they would have left at least 2,500 troops there, which is what we had. We had held the country at bay with only about 2,500 troops. Uh, there wasn't any, we hadn't lost any soldiers, no troops were lost, nothing had happened in about a year and a half. And it was pretty quiet there for the most part. Uh, this, everything was wrong in the way this happened. But what about the reports, uh, Senator, that we should have uh, kept a hold of Bagram Air Base into the future because it's so strategic in nature for all the reasons you just said that I don't need to repeat. And, uh, but that this, the, the decision to evacuate that uh, at any point or level, was the wrong decision. Uh, what do you think? At, at a minimum, we could have avoided the catastrophe that we saw yeah. in Kabul Airport Base. Yeah. At a minimum, we could have kept that open to provide for a safe and orderly evacuation of a fortified facility with massive runways that could have saved countless lives mm -hmm. and certainly, arguably, should never have put in peril our young Marines and Navy corpsmen at the front gate of HKIA, that air base within the downtown district of Kabul that was overrun. And so many more um, thousands of Afghanis who ended up dying, being stampeded or uh, killed in terrorist blasts because we had an uncontrolled, unmitigated disaster of trying to evacuate people out of a urban airport. Bagram is several uh, miles to the north. It provides a clear line of access. It is fully uh, secured runway, and it has the ability to handle the large type of aircraft that you would need, not just to evacuate our allies and Americans, but that key equipment, our dogs that we saw abandoned at the airport uh, that were handler dogs, the critical and secure manifests and lists um, that were kept at the embassy that were abandoned. It basically became hitless for the Taliban. Mm. And then a, a further going out into the operational realm, Bagram provides a safe, secure footprint for us to do those emergency rescues, but also critical time strikes when the Taliban or other extremist groups were to crop up. We could have struck immediately versus now we're looking at over the horizon response times or carrier-enabled facilities that are far more expensive and have shorter dwell times within the region. 
again, nobody's talking about these things. This is a story that should be, I mean, on the front part of every newscast, every moment until uh, until Biden should be relieved of his duties, as anybody would be. I, I, I don't care what you call it. You can whatever. 25th Amendment, uh, take another amendment, impeach him or uh, it doesn't matter to me how the hell you do it. But he should be removed of his duties at once. Uh, now, I know a lot of people would say, but, but Malcolm, we can't do that because then we've got Kamala Kamala uh, Harris going in there. I, I, I get it, people. I get it. That, that's what happens with an administration. You have the whole cabal there of that, uh, I, uh, that ideology, that Marxist thinking here. Uh, how did the Taliban pull this off on their own or did they or did they have China's help with pulling down the country like that in short order? And, and the big one I want to ask you is what did China or did they give the Biden family for? I'm hearing reports they've received. all And I, I sound like a smart ass here asking this question, I know. But listen, people are asking me and I know it sounds far fetched, but, you know, a lot of things sound far fetched, Alana. Yes. China was deeply involved. My understanding from my sources, which I unfortunately don't get published as often as they should, um, was that China was supplying uh, special operators uh, in the field and also intelligence to the Taliban. And that was what helped them. And that with the, uh, along with the Pakistanis, that was what helped them achieve what they did in 11 short days. As far as the Chinese uh, and, and, the Bi and Biden Inc., um, my understanding is that there was a deal made between China, the art dealer that is handling um, Hunter Biden's pictures and, the, and uh, the, the Biden family is that the Biden family received something in the order of $70 million in order to facilitate this uh, abrupt removal from Afghanistan and putting all these people at risk for which they apparently don't care. Okay. Oh, wow. They don't yeah. care at all. That's what I'm hearing, Ilana, what you say there. Thank you for saying that and putting that out there. And we're hearing more and more reports of that. Uh, at, at any length, there's a lot of shady business here. There's no way a deal like this comes off on its own without... Uh, you know, somebody paying somebody off for sure here. Okay, let, let's now uh, turn our attention to, uh, again, Iowa State Senator Zach Nunn in this uh, race. Uh, Senator, this is, uh, I think you're now entering uh, the race of your, your lifetime thus far. You've, you've, you've done a lot of things in your life, but now you're talking about taking the leap you know, from there in, in the beautiful state of Iowa all the way now to being a United States congressman. Um, this is a big deal. Um, this race that you're now in. Um, tell us how important this is to you and what you hope to accomplish. Well, Malcolm, thank you. This is uh, we spoke with um, Leader McCarthy and his team out there. They've identified Iowa as being the top three race in the country. And here's why. It's a low bar to entry. Uh, we don't have a massive, expensive media market like New York or Houston. Um, th this is a race which is on everybody's radar because it's a it's the toss up district. It's 50 50. And with redistricting, it leans Republican. Perhaps most importantly, the incumbent Democrat has been far more interested in attending parties with Nancy Pelosi than actually spending time in Iowa. The last election, she only won one county out of the 16 counties, and she's largely given up on Iowa's an agricultural community going even to rural areas. And so we see a incumbent who just was on, 
featured on Tucker Carlson last week is calling out uh, Christians as crazies because some of them don't support vaccine mandates. Uh, we have a Democrat who lied uh, twice on the news about saying you can't go to the hospital if you have a heart attack or if your child gets in an injury uh, because all the hospitals in Iowa are overflowing with COVID patients. Not only is it emphatically not true, it scares people with this false narrative. So I think Iowans and Americans in general are saying this is the time we are fed up with elected leaders who are trying to scare us into listening to just their opinions and not listening to the people who elected them. Um, the other aspect is we, we raised good money. Uh, we raised a quarter of a million in that first quarter where the district was unknown, and we spent most of our time trying to evacuate Afghanis. Uh, so we are looking at making the Young Guns list, which is a prioritized list that says, hey, this is where the future of the party is going. And as we all know, we really only need five seats to win back Congress here. Mm -hmm. Iowa is the crossroads to the future of America. Um, and we're asking for help. We're asking for people to say, hey, if you can just chip in a little bit um, and keep this fight going, this is the seat to pick up. Uh, but we can't do it without the support of good Americans who want to see a brighter future, not just for us, but for our kids going, my kids going forward. Yeah, amen to that, uh, Zach. Amen to that. Uh, we're listening here to Iowa State uh, Senator Zach Nunn, again, a decorated military officer, Lieutenant Colonel U.S. Seal Force. Um, his website again, zachnunn.com, N-U-N-N. -N. The links will all be in the post when this goes to podcast in a day or two. In the meantime, as you listen to this on America Out Loud Talk Radio, check out his website, please, zachnunn.com. And, uh, you know, again, if we care about representation in, in D.C., and we need to, uh, if we care about getting more of our heartfelt patriots in there, and certainly a military guy like this, and, and we need to do that. Uh, you know, listen, every 10, 20, 30 bucks, you, you know, these things, you got to have the money to run these races. There's no doubt about it. And so it doesn't matter whether you live in Iowa or you live in Alaska. It, the point is, America is at stake here. And as Zach says, there's the crossroads of America. So help us out a little bit. Put a few bucks in there. Do something you can so we get Zach. The main thing is that week that Zach gets up to D.C., we'll, we'll have another talk with him. We'll get with him before then, I'm sure. Listen, big uh, conversation. We need to keep the loud voices, out loud style on Afghanistan. This can never be forgotten, people. Okay, bottom line. The blunders of this administration, and, and surely they're screwing up on an hour-by-hour -hour basis every day, but none of them will be as big as what's just happened here. Well, I say that. Uh, I don't even really know. I mean, this guy's capable of doing all kinds of screwy things. So uh, you hope it doesn't get any worse than this. But right now, they're spending us to oblivion. They're bankrupting the, 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 the country, uh, and they're selling us out to, to all these adversaries. So we got some problems here. You know what they call that house cleaning. It's time to do a little house cleaning, people, right? Right. A little house cleaning. Open it up and get the broom out and kick them in the asses and get them out of there. Anyways, thank you for joining me on the mission here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. And remember, friends, it's up to us. It's time to get involved and get loud.